Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or use the KPL app chat to uh, be part of the conversation there. If you don't have the KPL News app, go download it. Use the app chat. You can send your thoughts into the show. Let me know your thoughts about one of the candidates that we're actually talking to this week. Walter Campbell, running for Lafayette Parish Tax Assessor, is in the studio with us. Good afternoon, Walter. How are you? Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad to have you in. Glad to talk about this race. Um, I, I kind of struggled a little bit in pre- in preparing for it because tax assessor, it's not one of those kind of sexy races where everybody's talking about the politics of like the mayor's race or a legislative race. It's the tax assessor. I'm not even sure a lot of people know the role of the tax assessor. Joe, it's a very critical role in our city parish government. It is the the assessor is the master valuator for the parish. The assessor values all residential property, commercial property, and commercial business assets. And yes, I know that people take it for granted a little bit until mm-hmm. tax season, but I will I would like to tell you that I'm going to officially change the name from Lafayette Parish Tax Assessor to Lafayette Parish Assessor mm-hmm. because other than valuing real estate and hearing the appeals related to the valuations, the assessor has nothing more to do with the taxes because yeah. the assessor turns those valuations over to the sheriff and the sheriff to the tax collector. They apply the millages and send out the tax bills and collect the funds. So let's just getting started. What what got you in, uh, motivated to, to run in this race? I'm a realtor. Mm-hmm. I've been a realtor for 24 years. I value property every day. And it happens to also be what the assessor does for our city parish government. And people ask me all the time. I said, well, wouldn't you think if I do that every day that it's in my wheelhouse? Mm -hmm. If it's in my lane, I want to do it. And I want to combine my love for Lafayette Parish and my skill set that I've developed over 24 years to serve our community. So what – you kind of went over what the assessor does. What, as assessor, is it that you want to do? to take offset, and why should the folks of Lafayette vote for you in that case? Awesome. Thank you. Great question. Uh, There are four things that I would like to focus on. Uh, The first thing is improving the technology Mm -hmm. on the assessor's website. Realtors, lenders, title attorneys, abstractors, appraisers, landmen and women, city employees, we all use the Lafayette Parish Assessor's Office all the time. And I must be honest with you that in my opinion, the Iberia Parish Assessor's Office website and the Acadia Parish assessor's office website, have more rich content than mm-hmm. ours. Like, uh, you know, picture of the subject property, a sketch of the, the floor plan of the mm-hmm. building, uh, ability to download documents directly from the assessor's website. And it's, it involves a lot of collaboration within intergovernmental departments. And I love that. Yeah. So that's the first thing that I'd like to do is improve the technology in the office uh, on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, second thing I'd like to do Joe, I'm a veteran, and I'd like to do more outbound communications, particularly to disabled vets mm-hmm. and to seniors about the tax benefits that we have voted to give them, the senior assessment freeze and the tax abatement for disabled veterans dependent on their level of disability. The third thing I'd like to do is work with our sheriff and our clerk of court and the tax collector to minimize the numerous databases that you and I are in mm-hmm. down to one secure database. It's going to improve efficiency in government. It's going to reduce errors, omissions, and duplications. And the clerk of court and the sheriff agree with me that it would provide efficiency in our government. 
In fact, the sheriff said, Walter, if I was able to focus my efforts on law enforcement, which Mm -hmm. the people have hired me to do, instead of running a database, how much more effective could I be? I loved that. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is a problem that just became aware to me a year ago. Homestead exemption fraud. Wow. One of our realtors came to me a year ago and said one of his clients was taking four homestead exemptions in four different parishes on four different properties. And I said, wow, that's illegal. And so I I called our current assessor and I said, Conrad, how can that be? And he said, well, it's because the 64 parish assessors don't talk to each other. And while I can accept that, I also know that as a realtor, I have access to every parcel in America. I can tell you who owns it, what they paid for it, and what's on it. And so doing my homework, I called the Acadia Parish Assessor and I said, is this homestead exemption fraud problem real? And he said, darn right it is. It happened just today. And he told me about a a rain resident taking an Acadia Parish, well, a Lafayette, Louisiana Mm -hmm. assessment, uh, I'm sorry, a Louisiana homestead exemption. And they owned another property in North Carolina. They're taking another homestead exemption in North Carolina. Wow. And we are only due one on the primary residence wherever we determine it, Mm -hmm. but only, only get one. So I said, how did you know that? He said, I subscribe to a nationwide database that tells me where every parcel, where every person in America registers their primary residence. I was like, now that's using technology. I loved it. So I said, what did you do to the rain resident? He said, I took their homestead exemption away, and now they're paying more money to uh, Acadia Parish. One of our police chiefs out there has told me that the, in his opinion, homestead exemption fraud is rampant. Mm-hmm. And he says the best thing to do is to get the application, the program that Acadia Parish is using, hire an investigator in my office, and review the homestead exemption roles to determine where there are duplicates. And for the person, he he said, that particular police chief told me, I would probably help recover a million dollars in unpaid property taxes. I thought that that was amazing. And I said, I'm in. I'll Mm -hmm. do that. And uh, anyway, that's those are the four items that I would like to focus my efforts on. I've been talking with our current assessor for the last 15 years about my interest in being the next assessor. So this is not a stepping stone for me. This is not a whim of an idea. Yeah. It hasn't just been concocted over the last year or so. And so I want to get in there and make it better. Uh, Conrad has done a lot of good in the department, and I would like to make it better. And I'd like the people to support that. Awesome. Uh, so you mentioned having an interest in this for a very long time. Uh, just with your background in real estate, what, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but, but how do you utilize that in order to make, to be, to make the office more efficient? I think a foundation in real estate is certainly a benefit to me. Mm-hmm. And here's what I would say. Uh, the only assessor that is in place is the current assessor. I'm not an mm-hmm. assessor yet, and the the man that's running against me is not an assessor yet. Mm-hmm. There is a 14-month gap between election and taking office, and I intend to get every certification that is possible mm-hmm. to learn the assessor's role at the highest level. And I also intend to visit with my fellow assessors and learn their best practices. I've mm-hmm. said this over and over again. I do not need to recreate the wheel. When somebody else has created an awesome wheel, I'm just going to go use their wheel. Uh, in focusing on technology, because we're, we're at a, a, a big point kind of technologically as a society, um, the innovation of AI, I mean, uh, just more cameras everywhere, kind of how, how else do you intend to utilize technology in order to get a better handle on, 
on property, on values, things like that in, in the parish? I think AI has a place, but I have yet to experience or go to the training associated with how to utilize it. But I use AI in my business as a realtor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the National Association of Realtors provides realtors with a, an awesome tool called Realtor Property Resource, RPR. Mm-hmm. And compared to everything else out there, when it develops valuations, they are so spot on because it takes into consideration everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Off-market sales, on-market sales, uh, a property that's foreclosed. All of those things, it takes it into consideration, and it really does a great job, and it shows you how high its confidence level is in the report, so you don't have to uh, consider it um, uh, invaluable. I I will double-check all the comps to Mm -hmm. make sure, but, you know, the assessor and uh, an appraiser and a realtor, we use a lot of the same approaches Mm -hmm. to determine in value, so I hope that that helps. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. When we get back, uh, a little more, Walter, on your personal story uh, and just kind of how that uh, really qualifies you for the role. Uh, so we'll get to that. Walter Campbell running for Lafayette Parish Assessor. Uh, in just, I mean, we've got early voting coming on, uh, going on right now. The race itself going to be on October fourteenth. We'll get to that in just a moment. We'll take this break, but first we have our J and J Pest of the Day. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542 is the number. If you want to use the KPEL app to send a message through, you can. I'll get to your messages and your calls after uh, after this segment, after we get up through uh, the first half hour of the show. But today, got uh, got Walter Campbell. He's candidate for Lafayette Parish Assessor, uh, talking about the race and talking about everything he wants to do. But Walter also want to ask just kind of your personal biography. I know that, that you're married, you've got a family, uh, kids, grandkids. Uh, what about your personal story makes you qualified, I guess? Because it's not just like the professional experience and everything, but but what what in your life has led you to the point? Because you said 15 years you, you've been talking about doing this. What in your life has led you to kind of want to take this route? I have... Um... Served. I served in the military, served mm-hmm. in the Louis, uh, U.S. Air Force and Louisiana Air National Guard. And in that role, I was a non-commissioned officer, mm-hmm. and I learned leadership skills there. Also, in my company, I work at Keller Williams Realty. Mm-hmm. I had my own company for a number of years, but for the last, this is my 15th year at Keller Williams, and I'm proud to say that I've served as a leader in my company. I served as CEO there, and I served as a regional manager in Homa to Lake Charles. So I've developed a lot of leadership mm-hmm. skills. And then on the nonprofit side, I've served as uh, as board president for um, Realtor Association of Acadiana. Mm-hmm. I've served on the Louisiana State Board of Realtors for numerous years. I've served with the uh, Boy Scouts of America. I'm the proud father of a, an Eagle Scout. I've served with Habitat for Humanity for a number of years and with the Salvation Army here locally. And so I've developed a, a love for my community, and I've developed a lot of leadership skills to combine with my professional skills as a realtor, as a real estate professional. And so I think that that's what better qualifies me. Mm-hmm. And I've been a conservative businessman since I was 18 years old. I worked for my dad when I was 18. And when I first got out of college, I went to USL, graduated in 1992 with a degree in business using the GI Bill. I worked for my dad. 
and I worked also at Intercomp Computer Centers out on Johnston Street years ago. And so, uh, and I worked in the IT industry for about 10 years before I got into real estate. So I have a fundamental understanding of technology and how it can benefit us. And I stay up to date on those kinds of things. And so that's why I hope the voters will vote for me. I am a proud Republican. I've been a conservative and I'm the only candidate in my race that's endorsed by the Lafayette Parish Executive Republican Committee. So I'm, I'm proud of that as well because clearly they see me as a conservative leader uh, that they would like representing them. All right. Walter Campbell running for Lafayette Parish Assessor. Walter, thank you very much for coming in and uh, just kind of informing um, the audience because, again, this is this is one of those down ballot races. A lot of people may not pay a whole lot of attention to it, but as you kind of described, it is a pretty important role in, in city parish government. Critically important. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, yes, good luck to you in the race. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got the news of the weekend. Of course, we got to talk the shutdown stuff. We've got to talk Matt Gates, Kevin McCarthy. We'll have all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Back in just a few minutes. Well, folks, it's quite the drama-filled weekend up in Washington, D.C. I spoke with a couple of folks uh, who were kind of in the midst of the madness up there, and uh, they were all just exhausted and exasperated, and and several of them with each other, uh, but they did avert a government shutdown. So, yay, there. Now, one of the things that's kind of getting lost in this... um, you know, Matt Gates is out front and center talking about getting rid of Kevin McCarthy and just how we need to save and everything like that. We need to cut our spending. We need to do this. We need to do that. It has to be pointed out, and this is going to make some people feel upset, but we have to point out that House Republicans were on board with a plan that would cut spending by 8%. And Matt Gates is the one who scuttled that plan. And the House could have passed that, pa- that plan and could have put the onus on the Democrats to avoid shutting down the government. And instead, because he scuttled that plan... Uh, McCarthy got a clean uh, continuing resolution, uh, got Democrat help to pass it, and now Matt Gates is saying we need to fire McCarthy. But Republicans were in the midst of a plan that would have forced the Democrats to come to the table and negotiate, and Gates Gates scuttled that, and that that does need to be pointed out now. You all know I'm not a fan of McCarthy. I don't want McCarthy to be the speaker. I think he's a lousy excuse for a conservative. Uh, He is a big government spender. He always will be a big government spender. But Matt Gates went into the government shutdown fight without a plan. His plan was just to screw Kevin McCarthy over. And as a result of that, of, of his lack of a plan... What to do when he shut everything, when, you know, when the government shut down, what would he do after that? There was nothing. Because of that, instead of less government spending, we have the same amount of government spending and a promise for more aid to Ukraine. 
But on the other hand, Jamal Bowman. I mean, he's our J&J pest of the day. I can't not talk about it. This man was a principal at a school. He knows what pulling a fire alarm does, and yet he and his office want to say that he was confused. He pulled a fire alarm, and, and there's a reason he did it. The Democrats were looking to stall. One of the Democrats proposed a motion to adjourn until today and forced a vote on that. It's not that that Democrat really wanted to adjourn until today, But by forcing a vote on that, it would allow Democratic staffers more time to read the 70-page continuing resolution. He pulled the fire alarm in the hopes that it would stall proceedings so that Democrats would have more time to read the bill. But he got caught doing it. It was the most ridiculous story I think I've ever heard. But he, he pulled the fire alarm. And then he wants to say, well, I thought pulling the fire alarm would allow me to exit this door and allow me to go to con- there. Did you know that there is a tunnel that takes you from the cannon building to the halls of Congress that every Congress person uses? And nobody goes out that door just casually. It's an emergency exit. There's signs everywhere. You either are lying about why you pulled that along, or you are the dumbest member of Congress, and I have to tell you, that's a very hard crown to obtain. There's a lot of stupid people in Congress. But the clean CR passed. Democrats helped. Republicans got it passed. Senate got it passed. Joe Biden signed it. And now, where are we? We get the same levels of government spending. We have conservatives who are working on the appropriations bills because the CR is only good until November 17th, at which point we're at another budget crisis. So it gives Republicans more time to get the appropriations bill across. Kevin McCarthy hopefully will stop governing by, uh, by crisis and instead actually get this through. I have zero faith in that, actually. But while all of this is going on, and this is is what's really bothering me most, right? And this has kind of bothered me all weekend. Matt Gaetz didn't have a plan. He didn't. He just wanted to screw McCarthy over. And now he's talking about all the spending cuts that we have to do, that we're spending cuts that the, the Republicans were ready to put into a resolution in the first place. And now he wants to try to oust Kevin McCarthy. I am 100% on board with the government shutdown. I am 100% on board with getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. But there has to be a plan. And I don't think he has a plan for either of those. There is plenty of reporting that shows he's gone to the Democrats to look for support on ousting McCarthy. The Democrats will gladly help screw over McCarthy because it puts the Republican uh, caucus in chaos. It has nothing to do with them wanting to get rid of McCarthy. They just want the Republicans to be chaotic. They will gladly side with Matt Gates on that. But if Matt Gates were to put somebody conservative forward, at which he hasn't even named who he would want to replace McCarthy with. But if he were 
if he puts somebody conservative forward, Democrats aren't voting for that. Democrats aren't voting for a Republican. They aren't voting for a conservative to become the speaker. If McCarthy gets his motion to vacate and they vote on it and they get rid of McCarthy, what do you think is going to fill the gap? Because Matt Gates, with his actions, he's pissed off a lot of the moderate Republicans. Moderate Republicans, if the Democrats put forward a, quote, moderate Democrat, moderate Republicans will cross the aisle to vote for that person before they vote for anybody Matt Gates puts forward. They will, just to spite Matt Gates. And yes, they are cutting off their nose to spite their face. But Matt Gates has disrupted in a bad way. I love a good disruptor, but Matt Gates disrupted in a bad way because he only has eyes on getting rid of McCarthy. And this is the problem that Republicans really have right now. And it's it's not just in Congress. It's, it's at the local, the state, and the federal level. Republicans are more focused on the fight than having a plan. There's no battle strategy. A government shutdown is seen, it was seen by McCarthy himself said that it would hurt Republicans. Mitch McConnell said it would hurt Republicans. The establishment said it would hurt Republicans. They lie. It doesn't actually hurt Republicans near as much as you might think. In the short term, maybe. In the long term, no, it's not a guaranteed loser for Republicans. But you know what is? Chaos. Not having a plan. Matt Gates wanted to go in and disrupt, but he had he had no no idea what to do once he disrupted things. The dog caught the car. What's the dog gonna do after it catches the car? It doesn't know. It only thought about catching the car. Matt Gates only thought about disrupting McCarthy's plans. And I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with conservatives not having a plan and just going in and disrupting for the sake of disrupting. If you're going to go in and disrupt, you better have something to put in place once the disruption is over. Amid all the chaos, you lay the groundwork for actual real conservative reforms. He didn't have that. You look at really good conservatives like Chip Roy. Chip Roy was fighting and actually argued for a continuing resolution that would give Republicans more time to get more appropriations bills across, get those to the Democrats and let the Democrats reject those bills and then put a shutdown on the Democrats. It was a good plan, but it got disrupted because Matt Gates decided he had to go in and just oppose McCarthy for the sake of opposing McCarthy. You'll notice if you listen to Hannity's show when he was interviewing Chip Roy and Byron Donalds, You'll notice that Donalds, who is an ally of Gates, didn't really come out all that strong in, in endorsing Gates. He, he did come out and say we shouldn't be censoring Gates. We sh- censuring Gates. We couldn't be. We shouldn't be kicking him out of the caucus or anything like that. But he didn't come out and endorse the antics either. There's a reason for that, because Donalds and Roy and some of these other conservatives were making real progress on moving the chamber to the right. See, back when we had the fight over the speaker, Chip Roy was at the forefront of the conservatives who were fighting for House reforms. Matt Gaetz was at the forefront of people who just didn't like McCarthy. And so as a result, most folks went and talked to Chip Roy because Chip Roy 
they felt that was somebody they could work with. They didn't like Chip Roy. They don't like how ideologically conservative he is. And he's a really good, really strong conservative. But they felt like they could work with him because he had an end game in mind. He had an idea of what he wanted. All Matt Gates had during the fight for the speaker and even now is just the idea that he doesn't want Kevin McCarthy. And part of that, I have to be honest with you, part of that is Matt Gates is planning to run for governor of Florida. And he wants to position himself as the conservative fighter so that he can go to Florida and say, I fought this, that, and the other in Congress. That's what he wants on his record. I fought the establishment in Congress. I'm going to fight for you. That's, that's what he wants. He wants to run for governor of Florida with that in mind. Conservatives have to have a plan. They do. And that we're getting this chaos with no real resolution. It's going to end up hurting conservatives. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up the show here in just a moment on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number. Got a few minutes left if you want to call and be part of the conversation. Or you can check in on the app like T-Don did. Okay, so I want to I thank uh, Walter Campbell for, for joining me on the air earlier today. Uh, I've mentioned this several times. You know, early voting's going on right now. And if you haven't gone to vote... Think about it. You never know what will actually come up on election day. I, I, I have to go vote early because I'm actually going to be traveling. I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be traveling back to Louisiana on election day, and I'm worried I won't have time to go vote. So I, I got to go, you know, make sure I vote early so I, I my vote can be recorded. Um, there's a lot of important races to uh, to pay attention to. There's obviously the mayor president's race. We've talked about that before, but a lot of races, we've got the governor's race, lieutenant governor, uh, attorney general, all of those races, legislative races, local government races, uh, and Lafayette Parish assessor. Um, Walter Campbell came in today. His opponent, Justin Santani will be in tomorrow to, uh, to kind of give to give, you know, his platform, you know, why you should vote for him. And then you guys use those two interviews and you, you come to, uh, your conclusion. I want y'all to be informed about who the candidates are. And I, I don't have time to get every candidate on here, but it's important for you to know uh, who the candidates are, what the race is, why these races are important. It's important for you to vote in these local campaigns. And make sure to vote in every local race that that's on a ballot. I don't vote in federal races a whole lot, Uh but I vote on all the local ones. The local ones to me are the most important. Those are the ones that can impact me day to day. So I want to make sure that that I've voted for and I've made informed choices on those. So anyway, before we get out of here, um, I do want to note that if you go to redstate.com and you find my most recent article there, 
do want to give a shout out to New York Governor Kathy Hochul, uh, who has apparently become quite the immigration hawk. She is actually advocating for us uh, reducing the number of people who come across the southern border because apparently Democrats have learned that uh, having open borders will actually overwhelm your cities. And, and it's happened far away in Texas. So they never really cared about it. But ever since the immigrants started showing up on the streets of New York, all of a sudden, the Democrats who had been all in favor of sanctuary cities and things like that, all of a sudden, they don't want it anymore. So kudos to Governor Kathy Hochul for finally seeing the light and becoming a staunch conservative immigration hawk. Maybe this will lead to true bipartisanship on the issue of the border. Stop laughing. I'm being totally serious, guys. All right, you guys have a great day. I will talk to you again tomorrow. Again, uh, Lafayette Assessor candidate Walter Campbell joined me today. Tomorrow, his opponent, Justin Santani, will join me. You guys have a great day. I'll talk to you in 23 hours here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email joe at redstate.com. The podcast will be up in a few minutes. You can check it out. Check out the interview with Walter Campbell there or wherever you get your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, wherever. Have a great one. Talk to you guys again soon here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL.